So my name is Cyril Washkevich. which is Polish version of my name. I have also a Belarusian name, which is Kirill Lashkevich. People call me Cyril. It's like, it's like what you eat in the morning, like cereal, like that way, or just cereal? It's difficult, so anyway works. <laughs> You're like, I'll take anything. It doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> Cyril is a media engineer at Zencaster. He works on both audio and video recordings to make them look and sound amazing. He's a crucial part of the team who was originally brought on board to help us out with a pesky little bug you may have heard of before. Do you remember that little problem that you're trying to fix? Was it a bug or something? Yeah, it was a bug about lost audio frames. So recorded audio had some clicks in it. Drift. It was drift. And now you know why we love Cyril so much. Bye-bye, bug. This is Digital Nomad. Welcome back. This is episode six of our series, and we are making some serious progress with the company. It's 2015, and Josh, our founder, has officially launched the beta version of Zencaster. We even attended Podcast Movement to show off our new product. So what were the features? Like if people had logged in and tried to use Zencaster at that time, what did the platform look like back then? So it wasn't this blue kind of periwinkle theme. It was a green and like a green and aqua kind of color. And it had the same logo, but the UI was decidedly different and worse in my opinion. But you might remember some of those days because I think you remembered the EQ meter that we used to have. And that was back in those days. Mm -hmm. I was thinking it'd be fun to pull out a bunch of screenshots of the old UI and everything. Because I'd always take screenshots when I'm developing. I've just got a whole history of like the progress. Oh, yeah. I mean, the UI was a bit different, but functionally what it did is it got access to your microphone. It recorded and then uploaded that to the cloud. It's just, you couldn't hear yourself or, or you couldn't hear other people in Zencaster. You had to put, you had to open Skype and do a call there. Just make sure you were talking. You had Zencaster recording on everybody as well. It was more of an alpha than a beta. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was very rough. It used to just record everything, not do like streaming uploads at all. It would, and then it, when you hit stop, it would download the files to your computer and it would try to upload them to your Dropbox account and all that. You know, we just found that that doesn't offer the, the level of reliability that podcasters need. And so we switched to doing the streaming, uploading and all that so that, you know, even if you somebody's computer could get hit by lightning, we've still got, you know, up to the last 15 seconds or so on saved up to the cloud. Mm -hmm. That seems to be what podcasters want. Ah, the good old days. Remember hearing this noise every time you logged into the internet and waiting three hours to download your favorite song from Napster? Okay, well, Zencaster doesn't go that far back, but we have come a long way. The number of podcasters using Zencaster was growing, but at this point, it was still a free platform. Josh saw an opportunity and decided to take a chance. 
he gathered up his family and moved to Thailand in hopes of turning Zencaster into a profitable company. <laughs> why would you why would you go to a place like this? Like this doesn't sound like uh, you know, a San Francisco kind of tech startup environment. No, I mean certainly if you're gonna go to Thailand, like visit first, like it's not like pictures don't really tell the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I loved our time there. Like, it was fun. But you know, if you if you got a problem with big spiders, you might have have some problems. <laughs> yeah, like eating my kids. I would be worried about spiders eating my kids. Well, I think we needed somewhere cheap where he could just kind of buckle down and work. Um, and so I kind of thought, like, if we're gonna do that, let's go somewhere where I can do fun stuff with marigold and. I've always loved Thailand. I lived in Taiwan for a while and I've traveled quite a lot in Asia and Thailand is like one of my favorite spots. I just love it. Lucy loves Thailand. She's always been trying to talk talk me into going there and I had kind of heard it's like a, a great place to work for if you and live if you work remotely and you can live cheaply and do all this stuff. You know, what they don't tell you is how even in Thailand, you have to live pretty Spartan if you want to get those real cheap living costs. But um, which in Thailand can mean very Spartan. <laughs> you know, the narrative when we went there was, I'm going to go there and launch the paid plans for Zencaster. I'm going there to launch the business. Where did you stay? How did you find a place? We had to move like three times because I couldn't find a place that was properly air conditioned to the point where... I could feel like I could be comfortable in the house and like get in the zone and focus on just building. Mm. They had some like 20 year heat wave or something that was coming through at that point. It was hot. I don't like being hot. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's two problems I found in Thailand. One was it was too hot and most places just assumed you wanted to have like indoor outdoor living and not really have air conditioning. Mm. And then the more populated areas are just so congested and like having a baby with a stroller and trying to navigate. They don't have sidewalks in a lot of these places that we were at. And anyway, it was just, it was tough and I was not enjoying, I was not a happy camper, let's say. And so we just kept moving around until we ended up um, on an island off of an island and then there was this, like a dead end road off of a dead end road in, in just in the middle of this jungle. <laughs> but we had found this nice villa that had a like an infinity pool that looked out over into the just this big jungle vista. Yeah, it was really kind of perfect. I'm pretty sure Josh just like set up his office in our room in that house because only the bedrooms had AC. The main parts of the house didn't have AC and it was so hot. Oh, and boy. he just once he set up, I, he just didn't leave that desk. He was just there for like nine months. So tell me about the bugs. What do you remember about the bugs and big spider things? <laughs> I mean, the important thing to know is that Josh is terrified of spiders. So <laughs> there are big spiders and snakes and bugs and stuff. And that was a little bit rough for me. They were big. Oh my gosh. And sometimes you get them and they'd only get like a leg or two. <laughs> but they'd keep on trucking and now you got these, you kind of get to know them because you're like, oh yeah, I see you. you you're you the one I got two nights ago. 
He claims that there was a certain spider that had like a vendetta against him and was stalking him at night. Um, but I feel like he might have internalized some of the spider's feelings that maybe were not actually happening and it was just a spider <laughs> living his life. But he's like, that spider's been watching me and I've been watching him. You're like, yes, he has eight eyes. Eight eyes are watching. <laughs> I used to sweep the house for these things because they'd end up like above your bed or in places you don't want them. And um, <laughs> I remember one night I, w- I woke Lucy up and I was just like, very slowly sit up and get out of the bed. <laughs> and he was like, just roll off the bed, go on the floor and crawl over to me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm literally still in a dream. What are you talking about? <laughs> and it was, I mean, in that particular case, it was like a spider that I felt like was not big enough to wake me up for. But he was like, I've been watching him for hours. <laughs> so maybe like some of the Zencaster stuff led to some paranoid ideation (laughs) ideas that may or may not have been real I'm not sure he was working a lot for sure and he definitely created antagonistic relationships with animals and insects that may or may not have existed coming up after the break from bugs to beta What was Josh's plan for launching those paid plans and Zencaster appears in TechCrunch for the first time Hey guys, this is Josh Nielsen, the founder and CEO of Zencaster. Thanks for checking out our podcast, Digital Nomad, to learn more about the story of how Zencaster came to be. If you're a podcaster or are planning to start a podcast, I'd love for you to go to Zencaster.com and learn how we can help you record your podcast. Zencaster now supports remote HD video recording as well as studio quality audio to make sure you look and sound great. We also help you mix your videos together so you can quickly and easily post your episodes online. We give you a 14-day trial on our pro account, and our hobbyist account is completely free. And now, back to Digital Nomad. Josh, Lucy, and their baby Marigold are now living in a very remote island that's part of Thailand. His goal is to launch paid plans so the company can become profitable. And he's running into some bugs, literally and figuratively. Okay, so you, <laughs> it sounds like you're roughing it, but you obviously had to have the internet. No, I had the internet. It did lose power and internet, sometimes for hours, sometimes for days. And so you'd have to have a contingency plan. You know, sometimes you just have to go find a hotel or get off the island. Or I had a 4G or 3G back, I don't know, mobile data plan that I could tap into in case the internet, like our to our home went out. Um, So there's a lot of times where I actually had internet, but it was, we didn't have power, which was the bigger problem. Power would go out and I only had as much time as was on my battery. Did you ever lose anything you were working on because of the conditions? Mm, I don't think I ever lost any work, but sometimes the power would go out on the whole island or most of the island. Definitely was disruptive (laughs) because a lot of times you just go check into a hotel and I have a hard time working if I'm not in like my 
comfortable spot you know that i've got set up for myself like if my chair's not right or the temperature's wrong or if i don't have can't get into the right position so usually that was the end of the work for the day or something but and so at this time it sounds like you were all in on zencaster right so you had quit doing your contract work shortly after i moved to thailand i realized that i was never gonna make the progress that i needed to make i mean it had already been maybe a year since i'd had the beta launched or close to it and i was still very far away from having what i felt like i could charge for or even setting it up so that i could charge so yeah stopped doing contract work and or stopped stopped doing the part-time work and then i basically just took out a bunch of credit cards all at once (laughs) if you do it it's kind of sequentially they start to see that you're checking that you're applying for a bunch and they don't approve you but if you do just like five or six in one day they don't see each other (laughs) (laughs) so so that's the quick tip for anyone that wants to just start racking up debt on credit cards (laughs) yeah you need some fast cash don't worry about it just get a bunch of credit cards so were you concerned at all about that i know i keep going back to the finances but i know how hard it is like launch a startup and you've got a new baby and you're living in a different country Uh, you know did that impact you at all as far as you know basically just being like, you know what, this is going to work out. We're going to pay off this stuff, you know, after we're done, after we're done through this launch. I just didn't even think about it. It it never, it never worried me. I just thought like, this is what he's going to do. And if it doesn't work out, then he'll do something else that will work. You know, like, it just made sense to me always with Josh. Like, and I don't think he was never pitching it to me as like, and then we're going to be millionaires. Like he just wanted a job that he could work. I think his ideal was like 20 hours a week that would create an income that basically he could work on on his own or like hire one person or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that sounded fine to me. How much time did you give yourself? Like when you went to Thailand, was there like, oh, we're going to be here a year? Like, what did you what did you guys think? We were actually planning on staying for at least, I think we were at least a year, probably longer. I don't know that I wanted or needed to leave. I I got into a good groove there to where I kind of knew the restaurant, the places I liked and people at the places. And uh, I enjoyed it. Did you accomplish what you wanted to accomplish? I mean, did you actually launch the paid plans from Thailand? Yes, actually. I mean, the plan was always to do that. I think one of the a thing that kind of helped solidify when that was going to happen was I got contacted by TechCrunch. And they were basically saying, like, we want to write an article about it. Do you have any, like, event coming up that we can get the exclusive on? I was like, yeah, I'll launch in paid plans. I arranged kind of a, a date with them when it was going to be ready, which kind of sucked because I was too optimistic with that date. But at the same time, sometimes you need that. But yeah, this was a good hard deadline for me. Just had to make it happen. Do you think that article's still online? That'd be fun to kind of check out. Can you send that to me if it is? Uh, Yeah, I can look. Where did you post the link? I don't see it. In the Zencastry room. I was looking on Slack. Okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, you know, it forced me to launch the paid plans on that day, which was apparently November 13th, 2016. Okay. They wanted to launch the article right at the time of the launch, but 
I didn't want to launch on a busy day. Oh, yeah. Because what if something went wrong? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I wanted to launch on the weekend when things were quiet and make sure it was working right. I'm the one who has to put this thing back together if it falls apart. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they ended up doing the article on like a Sunday morning or something, which is like the worst time ever. Um, <laughs> but it did force me to get the site actually launched and paid plans. That's good. In some working fashion. I think there was there was definitely some hubcaps hanging off at that point. <laughs> Okay, so you launched with the paid plans, and then how quickly after launching with paid plans did you guys leave Thailand? Six weeks, you know, more or less. And that's about right, because I remember when we got back to the U.S., I was like, okay, I think we might be able to, like, pay off our debt and get start renting our own place. We don't have to live with my mom or whatever. Coming up on the next episode of Digital Nomad. The first month of the paid plans, we brought in about $12,000 in revenue. That was very encouraging because I had just put a bunch of debt onto credit cards. <laughs> Were you worried as a mom at all? I think I was. I thought if he was going to be successful, he would need to work his own company because <laughs> he would have trouble not being the boss. You know, like when everything is like the worst it can be, it just becomes kind of hysterical that it's even possible that this is happening. <laughs> like the person couldn't find a heartbeat. She's like, no, baby, baby dead. Baby dead.